Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Contra Radio Network, Preparedness Radio, with your host, John Jeffers. And good evening, John Jeffers here at the Contra Radio Network. Another exciting educational training episode for us. All right. If you want to follow us on the live video feed, you can. We're on the uh, Contra Radio Network group page. Don is there. Brian, also known as Porky Wheel, has joined us. Welcome. Glad you're here. Um, one of the things I want to uh, chat with, you know, I wasn't sure what we are going to do tonight, and then Terry uh, posted something. He said, you know, we're going to learn a lot from this uh, episode this event with um, Hurricane Irma. It's like, yeah, okay, possibly. I thought about it. I said, you know what? Yeah, we can. And I can do a show about this, and I want to do that tonight. Mainly because this show follows uh, episode 362, where um, all we did was follow along on one of the uh, Zello channels, Zello.com channels, and just let it play. At some point in time, um, I got enough, and aggravated at some of the uh, calls I heard, and Dawn shushed me and used my safe space. She hurt my feelings. Anyhow, uh, also, if you want to uh, post on, during the episode, you can. Feel free to join on the live feed. And it's like, uh, you know, it's some of, and, and I have to agree with Dawn, one of her comments was, you know, listen to the idiocy of humankind. <sighs> to a to a degree, I absolutely agree with what she has to say there. And if you haven't, I urge you to listen to episode 362. Hope you listened to it already, and so you got an idea of what we're going to talk about. Some of the things that uh, we have heard, what was said, what was done. And I put out that episode because I wanted it to be a learning experience, a training experience for prepper group leaders uh, or just preppers in general. Um, anyways, I think what we need to understand is I'll tell you what, let's make it easy. I'll give you my takeaway on it. One of the things I noticed and it's a general comment. Um, some background information on the channel. The channel was set up on Zello to be a search and rescue channel. Uh, there were some incidents during the storm that required it. 
Now, granted, the people that were calling for assistance, I don't know. Let me tell you, I don't know the whole background story on them. All I can get is the same thing you would get, and that is what you hear is what you get. All right. Um, the episode was taped. Um, I think it was the night before. I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. If I remember right, it was like the night before the hurricane did strike. Numerous times, and I heard people asking for information that they could have gotten very easily by tuning in to their local news. The storm hadn't hit yet. They still had electricity. They still had power. And yet you keep hearing some of the questions, and, and, and I want you to know something. I'm going to reiterate it again. I cannot, I did not and cannot and could not control what you heard. There were some very, what I would consider, inappropriate comments that really had no business being on there. However, that being said, you could see in a grid-down situation or a disaster or catastrophe approaching or happening how people will react. Um, you know, Don's comment on the CRN group pages, you know, leadership needs to be established quickly and efficiently. Individuals who are allowed to speak needed to understand it was not Facebook. And, you know, that's an excellent point. Anyone who is being an idiot should have been muted or booted. Moderators should have blatantly repeated where to go for the basic. And they did. Um, the next day when I was listening to it, they kept saying over and over again, finally, finally, uh, the moderator started booting people immediately. It was ridiculous. And you're absolutely right, Don. The analogy is absolutely correct in my mind. People thought it was Facebook. You know, um, you know, where is the storm going to hit? You know what? They didn't know. Yet they kept asking. I noticed that a lot of people didn't want to do any thinking for themselves. A lot of them wanted somebody, anybody, to tell them what to do. Including um, one individual who suggested that for clean drinking water to put six, I'm sorry, put two teaspoons of bleach to a gallon of water to sanitize it. Uh, One of the moderators, I believe it was... Tansha or Larissa immediately piped up and said, no, wrong, wrong, wrong. Use six drops. That's it. Um, a lot of people who should have, you know, you could tell which people can follow simple directions. There are, you know, those on there who just didn't want to evacuate. Okay. You know, and granted, was the storm as bad as it could have been? Absolutely not. I agree with that. The storm dawdled, especially the eye dawdled over Cuba. Not in the Straits, but over Cuba, and that's where the mountains in Cuba ripped the guts out of it. You know, maybe we owe the Cubans a, uh, a little hand clap there. <laughs> but my point is this. Many people did not want to follow simple directions. 
listen to listen to that episode. You will hear people asking the most inane questions. It got so bad to the point I actually made a few comments. I just couldn't stand it anymore. But and yes, there were children on there. And they were asking questions like, my grandmother lives in Naples. Do you think she'll be all right? It's like, really? Do these people have a magic eight ball, crystal ball? Can they look and go, oh, no, she can't. Oh, you may rely on it. Ask again later. But those are the kind of questions they got. And not just from kids, but from adults as well. You would hear people talking about trying to get out at the last minute. And they would say, oh, we don't have, I don't know, where, where can I get gas? Oh. The people, the moderators, the administrators running the channel, how in the hell are they supposed to know? Those are issues that needs to be, you know, taking, uh, taken up by the individuals. Uh, Porky Will says he was listening for a few days after, and it showed there was no overall control either on the radio or on the ground, and some people didn't know. Where to get information, it seemed to be panicked somewhat. Yeah, but you know what? There are ways to get information out there. Uh, Julie, for example, lost power. As far as I know, I think she still is out of power. Um, You see other people just didn't want to take any type of um, responsibility for themselves. They wanted other people to tell them what to do. And waiting till you know, you know, eight hours or you know, sixteen hours before the storm hits, and decide, you know what, maybe I should go. Gee, we're out of gas, or I don't have a hotel to go to. Well, that's what happens when you wait to the last second, to wait to the last minute. Of course, the hotels will be booked. They they were telling people to get out, you know, three and four days earlier, ninety six hours prior. Where were you then? You know. Um, and, and like Porky Will, I had listened during the storm, and again, it's like, people, figure this out. Think for yourselves. And then I realized, you know what? They can't. You can't ask somebody to do something that they're just not capable of. Those are the people you do not want in your prepper group. There, it's said. Um, oh, we got a bunch of calls here. Let me get into them here. <coughs> Let's get going here. All right. Uh, Terry. Howdy. How are you guys doing today? Uh, Terry, I understand you are back home and you have pneumonia. Is that correct? Yeah, I, uh, I, I've been, something's been developing in me. I, everybody, yes, I am back in Missouri. And, uh, and I'm, I'm just, been developing this cough thing, you know. At first, I thought it was like, have you ever been in a city at night without a hat on? And then the next day, you kind of feel it, you know, like in the back of your throat or in your lungs. You um, have the, you have the consumption. <laughs> I have a what? The consumption. consumption, baby. All right. And we also a got wife? on the line. We got area code 318. Go ahead. Hello, how are you doing? Hey, how's how are it going, you? guys? Yeah, we're talking hey, about the ask, Can I ask you can I ask you one thing on that Zello thing, Zello whatever it's mm-hmm. called? 
Yeah, go ahead. I've got it. I, I got it downloaded now. I'm not quite sure how it works 100, percent but yeah, I was able to talk to. I was able to talk to Julie. I didn't hear anybody else talking. I don't know. That's what kind of threw me because I thought it was supposed to be a an open thing where you hear other people talk, and I didn't. I don't know well, if I'm on it right or if I'm doing something wrong. Or it depends on what channel you were on. The channel we're talking about was uh, South Florida. Hurricane Irma 2017. That was the name of the channel. Oh, so I didn't know you could do that. Okay. Yeah, yeah you sure could. Okay. See, I had just downloaded it, so I wasn't sure. So. That's okay. You know, we learn by doing. Very Code 503, go ahead. Howdy, John. This is Jason. Jason, how are you, my friend? Good. I'm way out in the garage. I don't know if the reception's any good. No, it's pretty good. Jason, did you listen to episode 362? The uh, the live stream? Yeah, yeah. I, I listened to about 10 minutes of that, just about died laughing from the idiots, and then had to go. What was your impression? It just confirms that, I don't know, people are so clueless that it just boggles your mind how they can breathe sometimes, you know? These people are out driving and shopping. They're all around us. It's just unbelievable. i tell you what got me is, you know, Florida said to evacuate. Yep. And if you stay, we can't come and get you. But the first time people have stayed and somebody come get them because they didn't have any food and water. It's like, what did you think was going to happen, people? And I agree with what Jason exactly. said. Exactly. I agree with what I said. You know, you just, it's like, what is, where have you people been? Under a rock the last four days? Well, people, no, no. The comment's like, I have a generator. I've never used it. Oh, yeah. The Do it outside or inside? I've I never used it. You know, you say that, but there was a family that was killed because the generator right. fumes were going in the house with them. Oh, no, yeah. People yeah. barbecue in their garage and die all the time. I know. Yeah. <laughs> And there, and I got so frustrated. I think you could hear me muttering something along the lines of, "No, you need to run it inside." Like, that, dear was, God, please do us all a favor. No, no I just, I agree. They yeah, don't have food. They don't have water. Everybody's dependent on bottled water, which is crazy. No, why, last, why don't you store your own bottles? Why don't you put some milk jugs full of water? Why don't you get a bob? Why don't you just take a pitcher and fill it? No, there were there were many, many people like that. But there's no thought. People have forgotten how to think. The TV has dumbed them down so bad. They watch Oprah and daytime whatever talk shows and crap. No, I want to. I want to. Uh, Lopeard Galoot is on here, and he's right. Remove the warning labels on the generators, because obviously you don't have a clue and should not be allowed to own one, much less run one. If you're asking, do I? Can I run it inside? Yeah. But that's part of it. You know, you listen to episode 362, and you're right. There are people out there who don't have a clue. Uh, again, you know, I've never run the generator. Well, why don't you try it? You know, it's like when you get your prepping food, your dehydrated food, and your canned food, whatever, and you've never had it, try it. Make sure you're going to eat it. Make sure you like it. Make sure it works so you know how it works. You know, it's well, the little details, and you hear people on the channel just 
oblivious. I'm surprised. I, you know, and, and the worst part is they allow these people to vote. They allow them to have kids. They allow them to procreate. Yeah. Well, you know, if they had a headache, they would ask you what they need to take. So I was just like, oh, are you kidding me? Why are you, you know? And then they had the one woman who stuck around, a single mom with five kids. And if you listen to the next day, I don't know what, what her case is or was, but I'm thinking, you know what? You're, you're a single mom with five kids? Find a way out of there. They had bus service. You know, they, if, and they also had Florida Hall. You know what? I think the state of Florida did a pretty damn good job of not getting not only getting the word out, but they said, if you need a ride, call us. We will come get you. What more do you want? You will take you to a shelter. Hey, uh, I got I, I have some observations that I'd like to note out about some things like this. Can you hear me? Are you going to make us wait or what? Yeah, okay. (laughs) Well, I I couldn't know. I didn't know if you guys were going to hear me or not. Anyways, I've noticed some things about uh, during my trip here to Louisiana and Texas. Now, there's a lot. Before, I I would say a lot of things just like y'all, like, what the hell is wrong with you people? Why can't you figure these things out? How come you're not ready? I am now in the mindset that um, there's a lot of people, and it doesn't matter your 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 income level, your education level, your uh, your your the state you live in, or the place that the kind of place that you live in. It doesn't matter because I've seen people that have a lot of money and some people that have no money and it has nothing to do with it. It high education, no education doesn't matter because when it comes down to it, our society is simply not training our, our people to think like they want, they need to be a prepper, like they need to take care of themselves because, um, there's a friend of mine who bought a generator, but he bought it after the hurricane, after the power cut back on. But he learned he learned a lesson from that. Okay. And then I asked him, "How are you gonna How are you gonna, you know, keep the gas for the generator?" And a lot of people are not are not learning the lessons or thinking it all the way through. And it, that doesn't mean that he's he's a dummy. It's just that a lot of people are not in a proper mindset to be self-sufficient and think about the big picture instead of what what has always been there for us: the electricity, the computers, the grocery store, the gas station. The police department, the fire department, the government, okay? So, you know, I mean, look at look at Gary Mole, okay? Gary does not have does not have a PhD. Doesn't no, he doesn't. Okay. He does he he is not 
uh, Nobel Prize laureate. But I'm going to tell you what, Gary Moe will be a survivor, and he's smart in many ways. He teaches his children to think about things differently than a lot of other people do. A lot of other people think about, what are you going to look like when you go downtown? But if you're if if you're if you're one of my boys, you're gonna my boys is going to think about security when you go downtown, because there's bad people, right? I mean, this ain't you know it's a mindset of people. We're we're not as a society we are not being trained care of ourselves. We want other people to take care of us. Okay. You know, one thing that uh, Lopard said, and, and that's why I was kind of giggling, it says, somewhere along the way, we stopped letting nature take its course. Now we put the weakest in charge. I blame beer. I blame a lot more than beer. You know, and, and Lopard's right. And he's, he's tapping on exactly the same thing he said, Terry, and that was this, seriously. You know, that is, you know, we have let people go to the point that they become dependent upon the government to tell them what to do. They don't tell them what to do, they don't want to do it. Okay, fine. Try to start. You know, I don't, um, no, and Lopeard says, I can't give away 55-gallon drums. Nobody prep. Now, uh, I want to address Dawn's, I want to, I want to address Dawn's, uh, um, if you remember, if you listen to episode 362, everybody was losing their minds about a dog being abandoned by the owners, left in the mobile home. The owners took off for a shelter or whatever. And this went on for a good half hour, I'm guessing, if I remember right. And, and, and you sit there and you're thinking, okay, I'm already pissed off because the owners left their dog there. You know, and it's like, how irresponsible can we get? I know Dawn and I were, you know, raging about it. We were pissed about it. And then you had, you know, people coming on. You had one guy coming on. I'm going to go to the trailer and I'm going to shoot the dog, put him out with some misery. It's like, really, you know, this is the kind of crap you prepper leaders, people who are preppers, who have radios, you're going to hear. Now, one of the best things I could tell you to do in a situation like that. Do not transmit. Just listen. Listen. You'd be surprised what you hear if you just listen, as opposed to sitting there just waiting to say something. You know what I'm, you know where I'm going with it? So if you go ahead and you listen to it, you'll pick up a bunch of different stuff. And that's why, first of all, I didn't take any calls on that episode. I just wanted us all to get an idea of what we're thinking, what we're looking at, what could possibly happen. Now, Porky Wheel, he says, hey, you know, welcome to my world. His communities all think like that, and that is nobody preps. And you're right, Tim. Tim in uh, North Carolina is right. He says the best comment on the dog thing was the dog is probably worth more than most of the people out there. Eh, I can't disagree with that. I really can't. Well, say if you listen to the episode, we got more callers. Hold on, let me get to you. All right, uh, area code two five three. Go ahead. 
Hey, um, I wanted to just kind of put something out there when he was talking about the the fact that PhDs are not the smartest in the bunch when it comes to survival versus. Do you guys know the story about the 18-wheelers stuck under the bridge? I'll play. Uh, is that to let the air out of the tires? Yeah. Yeah, you let the air out of the tires. But the thing is, prior to the little boy saying that, you had the DOT show up and they're talking about how they're going to have to restructure the bridge to get this thing out. Prior to that, you had you had the um, state patrol show up saying that they're going to have to go ahead and crush, use the jaws of life on it. I mean, all these people who are supposed to know what they're supposed to do because they're supposed to be educated came up with all these radical extreme, many of them hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of damage type stuff to do. And it was a little boy standing there eating his ice cream cone that said, let the air out of the tires. The fact of the matter is you are correct. 99% of these individuals who think, and I do mean 99% of these individuals who think that they are ready and prepped and locked and loaded, the moment you give them a 12-hour shift with no electricity or Internet or anything else, they go nuts. Oh, yeah. They they can't handle it. You know, I have said I have said this, and if you listen to this show, you know I've said it. Electricity is the thin veneer of our civilization. Exactly what Don said. When it goes, people lose their minds. They don't know what to do. How do I live? Can I say something? Do you want to say something? Yeah, going back to the dog thing, I would make a big deal about it because I hear they taste just like chicken. Actually, no, dog doesn't taste like chicken. Dog doesn't taste like chicken. Dog actually kind of tastes like a a sweet beef. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, I'm part Asian. Sweet meat is what we're all about. (laughs) So, but um, we had a we had an ice storm here about ten years ago. I was pregnant with my youngest, and this ice storm was so bad that for three weeks, literally for three weeks, out here in Spanaway. Now we're right here in Washington State. We were without power completely. One thing I've always looked for in every house that I've ever rented or owned has always been a fireplace. Mandatory. I don't care if I never have to fire that thing up. It's mandatory to have a fireplace in my house. We survived in a three-story. It was a split story, so it was actually, you know, two-story, but it was basically a three because of how the stairs were. We survived for three weeks in a three-story with no power. We had neighbors going insane. They could not handle it. We were not using a generator. We didn't need one, really. I was able to cook everything I needed to in that fireplace. I was able to heat enough of the living room so we could all sleep in sleep bags. Remember, I'm pregnant, by the way, in that fireplace. We did have transportation out to go get food out of the area. But even then, there was limited access to stores and everything because in our central area, I'd had to go outside of Spanaway to get flipped. Make a long story short, we were able to survive with minimal needs. And I'm literally watching neighbors falling apart. We had some come knocking on our door begging for us to take care of their kids because they knew that they just couldn't do it. And I'm looking at them saying, people, it's not like it's a nuclear war. Number one, it's going to end. And number two, it's really not that bad. 
and I had to show them what to do. Okay. The fact of the matter is, with all these fancy prepping, I went through after Ladies of the Watch had a show on what you really need for prepping. And Julie and I, I was one of the last shows I did with her. And I started thinking about it. And, John, I just I went through my prepping material and my prepping kits, and I literally got rid of two-thirds of my stuff because I realized exactly what she was saying. Two-thirds of what we've been told we need, either I don't know how to efficiently use, I haven't been properly trained on, like, for instance, you know, some of the, the medical kits that we had. Um, the reason to have it, you can have something else that could, that could substitute for it. Yeah. So you need 15 different things. One thing would work for 15 different things. Okay. Or, or, and this is the biggest one for me, seriously, do you really have to carry a knife that has 17 different blades on it when, in fact, you're really probably only going to need two knives, one with a big, heavy blade and one with a thin, sharp one? So we went through and we literally cleaned house where our bug-out bag is now like 10, 10 pounds each. Yeah, your your multi tool should be on your hip, not on your bag. Well, still, I, what I'm saying is that should be you on know, you every 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's my personal opinion. Right, and, and that's what I'm saying is that we literally we had a wake up call because we thought we were so educated. I personally thought I was really educated because part of my my religion and part of my culture is very very native, very you know su- not survival. I wouldn't say that, but nature dealing with things as equal balance and, and, and minimalistic. And I, I really had to kick myself in the butt because I wasn't as minimal as I thought. Okay. With that said, what have we what else have we learned from episode three sixty two? That you're gonna end got, up with idiots in got, your got, in your survivor situation that you really yeah. don't want but you're gonna have to deal with. I got five oh, calls like three beats. What have we learned from episode 362? I'm serious. What, what have we learned from this? You know, today they, dog tastes like food beef. You know, they had um, that story that broke this morning of the people in the nursing home. Uh-huh. Eight dead. Where, where, where were the caregivers? Did they abandon them yep. and leave them there? Because if they did... They're looking at a criminal negligence problem. Mm-hmm. You know. And, you know, I watched the thing on the news. I watched the thing on the news right before the hurricane. They said it's much easier to leave the elderly in the nursing home because anybody that has, like, Alzheimer's, when you disturb them and move them from their environment, they go to the hospital and a bunch of them die. Yep. They give a statistic on all these older people before the hurricane hit, and then you hear this on the news, and you go, gee, did they just say that to cover up the dead? I mean, well, well no, actually, it's pretty clear there's some criminal negligence that occurred, but, but they also were evacuated. I, I clearly remember hearing nursing homes being evacuated during Irma, right? There weren't supposed to be anyone left behind. I'm not sure if we're talking about the same nursing home that they reported on. Uh, initially, about the I don't either, but there were two or three nursing homes they said that could withstand the hurricane. They had backup food, backup water. They had everything to keep the patients going until they could get back up online. And uh, 
No, to me, it didn't sound right when they did the story. You know, it probably wasn't right given given this. Look, that's a you know, and that's something we ought to think about. If you have family that is stuck in a nursing home, like your parents, for example, you need to go get them. You know, this happened during Katrina in Louisiana. And a lot of the patients in the nursing homes down there were abandoned by their caretakers. Yeah, and I can tell you with that particular storm, the number that they give, I can't remember what the total death toll was that they said, that was a drop in the bucket compared to what it really was. Oh yeah, yeah. And they, we got we got we got to be clear about the the, the situation um, because yeah, there was reports about one nursing home that had water up to the waist and they were evacuating. The problem with having air conditioning running during a hurricane is that if there's a flood, we're talking about electrocution type conditions here. So the, the I mean, say call it what we will, criminal negligence, uh, ineptitude, but but definitely. Um, you know, it could have very easily went in another direction, and, and, and if the air conditions were working, more people would have been been dying because of the uh, because of the flooding and power going through live uh, power lines. So, you know, that's it's a damned if you do and damned if you don't scenario. Pretty much, it's not. You know, what's here? How about this? People are going to loot, not food and water. Apparently, apparently they're going to loot for what? Gym shoes, Air Jordans, TVs. Because, look, during Katrina, they showed this one guy that broke a plate glass window to steal a flat screen TV that was halfway up the middle of the screen in water. He's pushing it down the middle of the road in water. I'm proud how he stole him a new TV. And I'm thinking to myself, how bright is this guy to push a TV through water when it's not going to work? The problem is because, you know, the. You know, we have to, you know, there are going to be people that are going to be out there looting. And granted, I think they're the drugs of society. They're not looting yeah. for survival purposes. They're looting for material purposes. I didn't Somehow see one looter in all of the alternative Twitter viral videos and everything else. I did not see one looter that was looting food or diapers or toilet paper or no, no, I know, get things it. like I that. I agree. You know, and if they were looting for, for those items, food, water, toilet paper, whatever they needed, that's understandable. What's not is... Yeah, because well, most, most of that's going to go bad just sitting there, so they might as well... And I, I'm, I'm, not a fir- I'm, I'm not one that likes to lift anything up to start with, but... No, I hear you. It's like meat. It's like meat. If you go into the store and it's cold and the power's out, you know it's going to go away. So, you know, if you don't have food to eat... I, I would have no hesitations on doing that to feed my family. No, I get that. Uh, and Morally, I would turn a blind eye to it. I would turn a blind eye to it when it comes to, to food. You know, if I saw some woman with a shopping cart and she's, you know, got baby food in it and she's, you know, all this other, I'd probably help her. Seriously. I would. Oh, yeah. I agree. I agree. But I will also tell you, if I went around the corner and found that same individual because we are on a radio show, so I'm not using my profanity. If I saw that same individual with a sign up saying baby food twenty dollars, I'd beat the ever living sin out of her. Do it. Use profanity. Please. Do it. I'm not joking. You're disappointing us with your mild manner here tonight, John Don. 
Don't you I have, ever. Well, you, you, you guys, I have to watch my language because we have relatives in the house who happen to be very Christian, and I'm, be, I'm behaving for them. I thought I told you to get then rid of them. later. Just put some bleeps in there. Bleep, 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 bleep. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and go. I just wanted to let you know that, you know, put my two cents in on what happened. I did call after John went off the air, and, you know, I went into the Zilla channel after John went off the air. There were six individuals who were booted by the time I was done. I was one of them. <laughs> one thing, uh, Dawn, before you go, yep. you're going to start doing uh, conspiracy theories on your radio show on Friday yes. nights. Is that correct? I am going to be doing a conspiracy theory. I decided every night I'm going to do a conspiracy theory for about 20 minutes, and I'm going to go ahead and continue with the current events like I have in the politics. Very well. Okay. All right, then. Thanks for All calling right. in. Talk to you later. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. Jason, I haven't heard from you. What do you think? I have not heard from you lately. I, I'm, I'm more interested in the island-type stuff than Florida. You know, I've been watching the articles all week long, and they're really the, the terrible stories are about all the Caribbean islands. Oh, it's, it's, it's horrendous. They um, have no drinking water, which just blows my mind. They're in the middle of an island. They know it's coming, and they don't have something to drink. Um, they, and I believe yeah, it's I saw that too. St. Martin. That's why I've been posting stuff about distilleries. I'm like, come on, you guys, you guys can build a distillery or something, you know, for 20 bucks. Um, they've got the good ones, 100 bucks. Um, St. Martin's, I believe they have armed gangs roving. Uh, It's on the verge of, uh, some of the islands are virtually uninhabitable. Like you said, there's no water, there's no power. Uh, On some of the islands, over 90 to 95% of the structures are gone. Are gone. They've got, the island's uninhabitable. Um, I, I did understand that some of the cruise ship lines, are sending their cruise ships to these islands because uh, they have the facilities on board to make their water and all the other stuff, provide electricity as best they can. And I think that's the right thing to do. So. Oh, yeah, there you go, Tim. Episode 362. How many times did we hear, and I quote, Yo, anybody know when the hurricane going to be here? Oh, yeah, I got uh, you mean their their free Obama phones didn't work for them? No, they're too lazy to turn on the TV and check. They can't, this is day before. This is like the night before that. So they were too lazy well, to turn. The sad part: they had a free ride out of town, and half of them turned it down. Exactly. Uh, one thing I want to make clear: do not let somebody say I couldn't leave town because I had my pets. The federal law is very clear on this. If there is a hotel or a shelter that receives FEMA funding, then they have to accept uh, your pets with you. And you know, and don't let the hotels tell you, oh, I'm sorry, we don't allow pets. If they're getting FEMA funding, then they have to accept it. Well, I can speak for Harvey when Harvey hit there in Texas. Mm-hmm, and, of course, mm-hmm. Terry came down, and we talked about this a little bit, but they opened a shelter up at LSU, which is outside of Alexandria, and they was bringing refugees from Texas in there. And they did a story on the news mm-hmm. how they accepted the people with – they didn't even have clothes. They had wet clothes on yet because they didn't have anything else, and they was not donations for certain clothes, socks, underwear, mm-hmm. so forth. And dog food. 
because these people had dogs and cats, and they had right. another part of the shelter that opened up strictly for their animals. Well, there you go. So you're right on. You're right on that. They had they had places to put these critters, so they couldn't say there was no place to put them. You know, uh, Shane is in our chat room on the video feed, and I want you all to listen to this and think about it, especially prepper group leaders people are, are thinking about starting their own prepper group. And he says, people can't even prepare for themselves, so why would you trust them to prep and take care of you? Well, you can't. Exactly. You can't. You can't. You know, in, in, in my neighborhood area, I've got one guy that lives down the road from me a couple miles. And, uh, you know, if crap came bad, I could get his help. But really, my nearest friend that I could say that would help me in, in the ways I would need just 50 miles away. And he's, you know, I've known him for 25 years. And uh, the rest of everybody else, they're, they're sitting there with thumbs in their butt going, which way do I go? I don't know, you know? what to do. You know what? And these are the people, you know, a lot of people criticize FEMA. I, and as you know, I take a different view of FEMA because FEMA has to try and prep for 315, for 315 million people. There's a very, 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 very low percentage of those people that are actual preppers. Meanwhile, you got people that FEMA has to take care of. That's their job. It's an impossible task. Um, I just... I just look at it and I'm thinking, really? I'm listening to the transmissions. I'm listening to the exasperation of the moderators. You know, I don't know how many times they had to say, clear the channel, clear the channel, because they were trying to get some information out. Now, the day after, I don't, I, I don't even know how many times I heard tornado on the ground, tornado on the ground, and people are saying, uh, you know, we're out of power here. Really? Really? You're, you're out of power? You're the only one. Oh. Well, I'll tell you something I had a thought of, John. Go ahead. All those preppers that are helping their neighbors, you're not going to hear about that. You will never hear about it. will not make the news because they don't need help. They don't, they're not out there exposed. They're hiding in their, you know, their shelter or they're all put together and trying not to draw attention, right? Not only that. But the media wouldn't report on it anyways because they believe in big government. Everybody nope. needs government. They will there, never there's actually, they're saying there's places in Florida right now that's going to be at least a month before they get a service back to that area. Right. You know, and uh, I was talking with Julie, and she said that they had a washout in their driveway, and apparently they got it fixed because they are able to get to a town now. But it mm-hmm. was five foot deep and 20 feet wide. That washed out of the driveway. Whoa! And uh, to my knowledge, they came out pretty unscathed. Other than you know, they lost right. power and so forth. But as far as there was a, I think she said there was a quarter inch of having water in their one house, but no water in the houses. So they really came out very well on it. And considering I, I got a feeling she was pretty prepped for a lot of stuff. So I think I think she's going to be all right. So Julie and they were safe. Yeah, they were. In, they made Julie the storm and ran did pretty good. So. Julie had uh, supplies, relief supplies she was going to take to Houston the week before. Now, if you listen to the uh, episode 361, myself yes. and, uh, well, I think Tim 
was on that episode, and we said, hold off. You're going to need those supplies. Don't go to Houston. Stand by us. Yeah, gonna... And, you know, I, and I'm glad she listened. I'm glad she didn't do it. Uh, she did help one of our listeners, an elderly gentleman with his wife. Um, I won't say his name. But she got him. Not only did she get, you know, get a hold of him, got him calmed down, but she got him and his wife to a special needs shelter. He had water. He called me. He said, I got water. I got 36 gallons. I'm thinking, okay, if it's a gallon per day per person, we got about 16 days worth of water. Okay. His big thing was he couldn't get out of the house soon enough to go get some canned food goods. You know, Julie was there. She lived somewhat. She doesn't live close by, but he lived in Florida as well. She got him taken care of. You know, kudos to Julie. Now, I did get hold of him afterwards. It's fine. Again, the house the house doesn't have electricity, but the house is still going to go. I said, when things get back to normal, you know, Julie and I will get a hold of you, and we're going to have you prep intelligently. We're going to help you get you prepped again, so that way you don't have to. Because at one point, he says, I'm kind of scared. You know what? I said, don't be scared. We're going to, we're going to get you out of this. We'll help you out. So, but Julie did a fantastic job. I'm glad she does. Did not go to Houston with the relief supplies, because I got a feeling she's going to go through them a lot. And and most of the supplies were charity to give away. So, you know, God love Julie. There you go. Glad to say not only she's a host here, but she's a listener, and I'm glad that we got to know her. Well, and she's so intelligent. She'll lead people and coordinate, bring calmness. Some right. people, you know, figure out what to do with their environment. Oh, yeah, I definitely, I, I definitely see that one come. That's, that's a given. What else did we learn from listening to those transmissions? So am I to understand that when that whole thing was going on, you were monitoring your ham radio there, John? No, we were monitoring Zello.com. Zello.com had a channel that was set up. It was called South Florida Hurricane South Florida Hurricane Irma 2017. It was set up as a think of Zello like this. Zello is like a no, I know, I know. computer. Yeah, but it still relies on cell phone services to work. It's not like point to point. It can work well no kidding. I said it was for your computer. Do not I would use it for my cell phone because if Terry, if Terry's still on, Terry used it. He said it ate up his data plan like nobody uses it. But, but you could use it on your computer. You know. Yeah, yeah, it, it uses up your battery a lot too. Okay, that's that's the biggest that's the biggest problem. One of the biggest problems that I had uh, was uh, constantly trying to keep my cell phone charged because I was constantly having to use my cell phone, not just for Zello. But for talking to certain people, like regular phone calls, which I had a lot of phone calls, a lot of texts, but also I needed the maps for navigation. Are you there, Terry? Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. I I didn't know if you were there. So, hey, John. Yeah, I I downloaded to my cell phone, and like I say, I've only got a couple people on there. So when I just left them, I just shot a message. 
and they responded back, and we chatted back and forth for a little bit, and then it was done. So I haven't really noticed to eat my data up. Yeah. I, I did hear some comments that ham radio is the only place working in parts of the state. That's probably true. I, I don't. They didn't have any details about it, but there were definitely pockets that were ham radio communications only, doing the relays and stuff. During most natural yeah. disasters, you can count on ham radio being around. Somebody is monitoring. Somebody's got a radio shack rolling. You can almost count on it. What's that, crickets? Is that crickets I hear? What is it? Oh, it probably is. I'm sitting outside, so. All right. No, I uh, I noticed that there's a lot of people. You know, and we, we've seen some of these stories before. We were posting these on Contra Radio on Facebook right. and stuff, and I was posting on the Country Prepper. The, the fact that I didn't see in Louisiana or Texas, I did not see the Red Cross. Okay, here you go. Now, I want I you didn't. all to listen carefully. Listen to carefully. The man was there. Terry, tell him what you saw. I'm telling you that the entire time that I was in Louisiana and, and Houston, Texas, and believe me, I didn't just go to one location. And I didn't just stay there and not see anything. I was in I was in several different shelters in Louisiana. I was in several different uh, shelters in Texas, and I went all over the place. I was I was roaming for passing out food and supplies. I was out roaming around trying to uh, do doing medical runs for things like insulin because people didn't have coolers and stuff like that or refrigeration they needed medical resupply for things like insulin Mm -hmm. and uh so the entire time i'm running around i noticed that i never saw the red cross the only time the one time i saw the red cross was one truck with two men on one day and they were passing out food. Other than that, I never saw the Red Cross for anything, even just driving around. I didn't see him. From what I've seen on the pictures, it looked like it was most of the community, the ones that actually wanted to help were the ones doing the work, like you and a few other people that I knew on Facebook. Right. Now, the one thing I did see, and I was asking each shelter, who's operating this shelter? I was always curious about who's operating the shelters. It was always a faith-based, faith-based organization, like a Christian church, and it was teamed up with the local uh, city um, municipality. In other words, they were kind of like the church was doing it with the with the blessings of the city council, and. Uh, and because, you know, things are kind of coordinated like that. You know, they they were trying their best to coordinate a lot of different things. And um, so that way you're not doubling down on the same things and resources 
if it does come in from the government or the army or anything, they know where to put it and things like that. All right. So uh, what do you know about, what do we know about the Red Cross? They're obviously a 401c or whatever uh, organization. They're not for profit. Do they get any funding? What resources do they actually have, and how is it being allocated? Is anything like that publicly available? I didn't see anything. Yes. Now, I, I did see some uh, Facebook, some stories that's uh, of from One American News Network, which is a station I've been watching more and more, um, is that they've been staying in some very high-priced five-star hotels in Houston. And yeah, um, then, the, then there was some reports that they're out there and some of them, they're helping the more, I'll say, affluent uh, population, yes. the people who, who, who live in nicer houses and have bigger incomes. And why is that? Today? You know, well, because money talks. They know that sooner or later... These people are, you know, hurricane's going to be over. Society's going to get back to normal, and they want to support the people who's got political uh, pull. We need a donation. One thing, uh, Brian mm-hmm. K is also in the chat. I mean, you know, he says, and one of his comments is, and and, I, and this is true. I think we can all agree on this. He says, also as a prepper, why in God's name would you have to wait till the government tells you you shouldn't have to leave? Are people not capable of realizing without the government telling them that they may be in danger? And for, there's a certain segment of society, and the answer is yes. They won't do anything to think for themselves. God forbid they should take responsibility for anything they think, say, or do. Now, it's Timothy, the truth. Now, Timothy P. It's the truth. Because, okay. Yeah. Hold on. Timothy P., who's down in Houston at his father-in-law's funeral, talk about really good timing, he says, I never saw the Red Cross either. Salvation Army was a cluster, but local churches were humming like a well-oiled machine. There you go, people. Two people who are down there. Well, and that's what, that's what I'm telling you. The, that's more your local people getting together and doing what they got to do, you know. Well, yeah. And a community church is that. It's the town people, you know. Right. Well, that's the way it's supposed to work, right? You start with the yes, individual, move to the family, and then you move to community and community churches. Then you move out to, you know, the government later. That's not, even all authority and all leadership should be that way. You would think so. Head of the household, head of the church. You know, the churches. Government should be below all of that. Um, I think, and I think Terry will agree with Tim that the local churches were rocking and rolling. They had it together. They knew what they wanted to do, and they got it done. Yeah, there's a reason they're called non-denominational community churches, right, in good towns. They don't, they don't exclude themselves. They don't exclude people. They don't say, hey, you're not rich or poor or black or white. We're community. Have, Come on in. I have not heard anything like that. And I don't think at that point people care about denominations or worry about food and water and who can get it. Help them out. So, so what's you know? And I always think about when you're supposed to prepare for stuff like this. Now that's down south. That's the Baptist Bible Belt, right? But now the LDS, the Mormon Church, is supposed to have all this stuff put together. Who is? Are they down there in Texas at all, or Florida? Who? No, I never the saw Mormon. them. 
The Mormons? They yeah. might be down there. They might be there, but I never see them. Let me tell you something. They Mitch have these giant warehouses every so many miles full of stuff. Mitch Ryan is a listener of this show. He is a Mormon. And yes, yes. the Mormons prep. They're, they may not be in the big cities, but they're there. Now, I haven't heard anything from Mitch you know, in a while, but I assume he, listen, he does listen to the downloads of podcasts later. And I'm sure he'll comment on this if he doesn't call in first. But that's yeah, you know, and that's question. But the Mormon, the Mormons are there. As a matter of fact, uh, yeah, they're there. They're there. Yeah, no, I don't know how they how their community outreach works. I've never seen that in action, right? I do know they have encourage every family and individual to have their one year's worth of food. I think it is right, along with the grinder and some other stuff. We have neighbors up the road, and he's a ham radio. Every single person in his family has their license. There's nine licenses in his household. Wow. He's got solar panels. He's got antennas. He lives right next to the big well thing. So, you know, I know that they definitely take it seriously. So it's good to see that in the neighborhood, right, people you can maybe, you know, think about teaming up with. But I just don't hear them in the news, you know, and I don't know why. Then you won't. Because they don't, it doesn't fit the MSM narrative of big government. People have to rely on big government. Government must be the end all be all. That's just. Where's all these FEMA camps? Shouldn't these people all be in a FEMA camp somewhere happy? Well, I don't. I mean, put them on a put them on a train with boxcars, load them up like cattle, take them to a FEMA camp, keep them happy for six months. You know what? There are some people that would love that. There are people that would sign up for six months at a time at Camp FEMA because that's what they're used to. That's what they know. They get they're free TV and a place to sleep, right? And then you'll get free food. You will get this amount of three, food. Three squares a day. You, will get, you get an hour in the yard for exercise. Yeah, and that's my get point. And if you give them video games, they'd never want to leave. There are some people there, some people in segment of our society, who would love Camp FEMA. They don't have to make a decision about anything. The government will just tell you where, where you're going to sleep, where you're going to live, what you're going to eat, when you're going to eat, how much you're going to eat, how much you're going to drink, what you're going to drink. And, they're and how just, many times a day you're going to use the bathroom. Or how much from a paper you're You know, I mean, there there's a certain segment of society that would love Camp FEMA. They would sign up for that voluntarily. Well, let's face it, there's a whole society that does not think at all for themselves. There is. And we heard this on those Zello transmissions. Think about what you heard. Think about how many times you heard the same question being asked over and over again. One thing is for certain is that when people are doing something like Zello or listening to a radio, if they're sitting there just waiting to talk, waiting to say something, they're not listening. They're not hearing. Because if they did, they would have heard the same answer to their question 20 times prior to them keying up and asking. So, yeah, yeah. there's... A lot, of, a lot of them are just trolls, though, John. They're I, stupid. I, you know what? Some of them were. And that yep. is what you're going to have to deal with 
when you are when when you have a grid down situation, a potential catastrophe coming, and you're listening in on the radio. Well, and I'm not talking that, about that's Zella. Why, that's why I moved 15 miles out of town. Right. Yeah, but those people made me want to go go there myself and go shoot that damn dog. I was tired of hearing about that fucking dog. You know what? There is always something. And this is what the kind of people we're going to have to deal with when, it, when and if the grid goes down or there's a regional problem. You've <coughs> got an idea what to expect, and that's why I did that particular show. I thought this is a great tool for us to learn from, something for us to get out. It's hard to listen to, though. Oh. You just scream it and make it stop the whole time. That's why it was only an hour. Uh, I'll be honest, even from Texas, you know, I knew we were going to get brushed by that uh, Harvey, but I knew we weren't going to have, like, devastating damages by no means. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but we did. We had extra gas put up. We had extra supplies, period, put up. Just for the fact that they raised gas prices up, we would have enough gas to get by for X amount of period of time. And, uh, you know, and and we did that just for the fact, you know, we run our business from a house anyway, so you have mm-hmm. to have so much gas to do your work, whatever. And mm-hmm. uh, we never we never slowed down. I mean, yeah, we got slow for a few days, and even when Terry was here, we were slow, and when he left, we picked back up again. But it, uh, you know, everything fell into place like it was supposed to. We never we never we never stopped doing our everyday living by no means. Right. Nothing ever stopped. We just kept right on a rolling, you know, and mm-hmm. and that's what you have to do. I mean, you just can't lollygate around and wait for it to come to you. You got to go out there and get it done, you know. So, so and how, believe how me, are you storing gas at your place. Do I? That's always been a problem. Storing gas is one of those things. People didn't have tanks. They didn't have more than like a five-gallon can maximum. And I'm not sure how I'd store more than 20 gallons. Well, Gasoline I mean, good for what six months? Well, actually, some ain't much good after thirty days if you're not storing it right. But uh, yeah, no, exactly. with, with with different products like sea foam stuff like that, you can get gas to last quite a while. But the thing about it is, I have a need for it regardless, so it's not going to set that that long, you know. And so uh, you've got tanks or special above ground tank or something? No, no, I just got gas cans, but I have good additives I add to it, you know, and. uh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, I mean, that's I can, one of those I things people don't think, right? I can, I, I, I can, I can, you know, if I really want to put it in a can of store, I probably can get at least a year's use out of it if I really worked at it. But Sure. You know, but yeah, I, see, I use stable, time. and I've got enough stable to do 300 gallons, I think it is, right? Just buy it on sale. Yeah. And stable, like nobody, stable, does all, stable does all right, but seafoam, if you mix seafoam with stable, it lasts a lot longer. Okay, you mix the two together, Okay. Well, I'm yeah, just looking at the 30-day rotation. Yeah, one is a one is a stabilizer, where the other one is a is a treatment. So right. it's two different things, but they. I just use seafoam. I'm gonna be honest. I'll use seafoam. I've, I've known gas lasting in general for four years with seafoam at it. So. Yep. And then you pull a rope and it fire up, smells good, you know, and it runs fine on third and second pull. So. Not mine. Just a friend of mine's got one. And he so so take a poll, John. See who's got stable or seafoam or some other additive in their house possession right now online. Heard the man. 
shout out, yes or no? Well, uh, you know, that's a simple that's a simple thing, you know, because if you can store a little bit of gas, it goes a long ways, you know. I'm you know, I've got a tractor, clearly I use my tractor. And uh, you know, if you don't have it, you know, that's if you got shut down where there's no gas and you have an extra twenty gallons, you can you know, if you're careful with that, you can go quite a while, you know. Well, okay. I think about number of miles, right? How many miles can you go with what the gas you have on hand if you get a bug out or vacuum? Well, for for me, well, if I, I I don't know if I'd have to ever evacuate for where I'm centrally located, but uh, just for the stuff I do around my place, 20 gallons, I could get the last minute a long time, a long time. Yeah, because tractors don't use that much. No, well, I got an old tractor. I got an old truck, but I got an old car, you know. But either way, the car gets good mileage, you know, five gallons of gas, and it'll you know, last a long time if you're careful with it. You know, same with my old truck. It's not the best, but for no more than I drive it locally, you know, if I haul a load with it or whatever, it's it's not, it's not going to be staying in one spot, you know. Well, I had a lot of friends that were stuck down in Texas. They were up north of Houston somewhere, and they were waiting two hours for gas, going two or three or four different locations to get gas. Uh, one of them ran out of gas. Now, and I'll be honest, when I seen the storm coming up to Texas, way before it landed, I already had me 20 gallons put in the garage. You know. Okay. But that's just, that's just me. I always try to do things at least a week in advance just to kind of – and once you're used to doing it that way, it always comes to second nature. You don't even think about it, you know. But you got to have certain supplies, especially like me. I've got a lot of kids, so i got to make sure that stuff is put on the table. I gotta make sure everybody's got their needs before it hits, you know. And then I right. want parents to look after, you know, so forth, that kind of thing, you know. Yep. And uh now I'm not in a situation where my roof got blown off, I got three foot of water in my house, because that's a whole other scenario, but where we're centrally located, that probably won't happen. I mean it, I'm not saying it could because anything can happen, but it's very doubtful I'll ever flood here. Yeah. Forest fires are what we worry about out here. And they're rolling out there. Yeah, yeah, we're on the other side I, of town from the gorge, but I would actually we're on the we're on the edge of the Tillamook forest, forest where they had the big burns here, you know, last century. Yeah, I would be a little concerned about a forest fire where I'm at, as far mm-hmm. as worst case scenarios go. Just the fact we're so far out in the woods, and uh, yep. And now most most of my around my house is pretty much clear coated, but clear cut, but I still got a lot of brush, underlying brush, you know. Uh-huh. Around my place. And of course, Terry, he'll, he'll tell you I'm not the best landscaper as far as uh, mowing goes. So, but, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, yeah, it, uh, but if you had a forest fire, you'd be a shitload of trouble if you're surrounded by fire. Oh, yes, I would be, you know, and, uh, and, you know, if you, if you keep it bush hog, you still got dead grass. That's fuel for a fire anyway. So, but I don't think you no, but I mean, like, even, <clears throat> even if the, uh, the, I'm talking about if the trees that are near your home fall down, they could potentially hit your garage, go to the house. Yeah. It would be yeah, – that could be catastrophic. But Yeah, but I'm, I'm not, fortunate. So I got a highway between me and uh, – you know, there is a highway on the other side of my tree line, so fire would actually have to jump over highway, which I'm not saying I can't do because I can't do. But, but uh, yeah, I'd be more concerned of, of that per se than – uh, like a hurricane taking my place out, you know. All right. Well, I noticed that I, I saw a lot of people say the same things. 
it came it came so quick. We didn't we weren't ready or we didn't we didn't know that it was gonna hit us like this. And I'm like, you saw a hurricane coming. Yeah, like this is <laughs> I mean, a hur- a hurricane is not like a tornado. Now I try I tried to just simply listen and I'm like you know, but I did say a few things like you had you had a couple of days, yeah, but we didn't know if it was going to hit us. And I'm yeah, like, that's right, why do you that. take the chance? And, and you know, I, 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 you know, I tell people, you know, how hard is it to spend a hundred dollars on a few extra supplies if you're not sure? Because a hurricane isn't like, and you know, you have a week's notice that's coming. You know, if you buy, if you fill up your vehicles with gas, and you buy a few extra bags of groceries. I mean, you didn't waste anything. You'll still use it. But if it hits, you, you're covered for so many days until it clears up, at least in this part, you know, because it's generally going to hit you. If you had a power idea, you could. Katrina, I think we just got a power for two weeks. And that was back when I had a power pole. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that was, it hit at a time when it was, we was having a really bad heat wave. And I ain't going to lie, that was a slight bit of a pain in the butt. But, you know. We survived it without a problem. I mean, other than it being so hot, I mean, we cooked. We did this. We did that. I mean, we didn't have an issue that way, but it was really hot that particular time. So, but, you know, my shop was the only one that was open because everybody was knocked out without power. And I was, too, but my rack run off 12 volts and I had a gas air compressor. So I was still able to keep my shop up and going. And I, I worked all the way through the whole entire hurricane. And I was the only one open. So. All right. All right, let's call it a night, gentlemen. I appreciate you all for calling. For those that are uh, listening in and commenting on the show, I appreciate it. I wanted to get this out here. Uh, don't forget, uh, Dawn's going to add a new segment to her show Friday nights, talk about conspiracy theories. And I don't know when we'll hear from Julie again. I'm guessing once they get things back to normal. As of right now, they don't have any electricity in their place. So that's not a problem. If I got to fill in on Saturday nights for a while, I can do that. Not a big deal. We can do this. Uh, hey, John. Yeah, there, go ahead. There's one, there's one more piece of news I wanted to say. Was that, uh, <clears throat> now, like we said, I got a little sickness, you know, like a, the beginning stages of pneumonia, right? And it could be from bacteria. Or it could also be from allergies or dust. <laughs> so, so it's like uh, I'm doing my best to recover before I go before I accept antibiotics. You're you know, a I told a doc. I said, I said, doc, let me let me try to get rid of this without antibiotics if, if I can. Just go get. So anyway, stop being a plague rat and go get the antibiotics. Infecting everybody. Well, nothing else. Get you some. I would say get you some local honey, but you weren't you didn't get any local honey while you was here for it, but a good hot coffee from yeah. local honey would work good. Anyway, there's you should already have antibiotics and sleep it off. Yeah. You should already have antibiotics in your house. I I do have antibiotics. Oh okay. anyways. Okay. <laughs> anyways, the uh the point I'm gonna make is that you can get sick from a lot of these situations. Right. Um there's a lot of sickness that roam around and um, I, I don't see that in the news a lot. But there was 
one guy in Houston that got um, a flesh-eating virus uh, in his skin. He, he, he almost lost his life. He almost lost his hand because he got that flesh-eating virus in him. And um, uh, because he was, was in the floodwaters helping out his neighbors. So oh, yeah, anytime, right. you have any kind of, anytime you have, like, bites where they've got little stabs on them and you're in that flood water where you got raw sewage and everything else in it, is a, <laughs> is a big... We got is a big no, no. no, no, he was not. he was not in sewage water. He was not in anything that was, you would think that was toxic. They said that during the story. But it was just regular flood water. That's what okay, they said. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Typhoid well, Terry. You, you, you would be surprised of what Typhoid Terry. That's you. <laughs> well, you got to. You got to. You actually got to worry. Believe it or not, you got to worry about mold. You got to. There's all kinds of bacteria you got to worry about. Because everything's been water soaked, <laughs> and it grows a oh, fungus. Right. And yeah. the chemicals that you put in are pretty foul. It's official. You're now under quarantine. He's typhoid Terry. Running around. Yeah, who, who said that typhoid Terry? Who said that? Timmy. It was, not, it was not me. It was not Tim, me. It was Tim in North Carolina, and I'm laughing at it. Typhoid yeah, that's Terry. A that's a good one. <laughs> that's not bad. That's pretty good. You had me giggling over here. I I've, already, I've, already, I've already had pneumonia once. And that and that was brought on from uh, uh, hay fever. What are you waiting for? Go get the antibiotics. Get through the dumbass. Go get the antibiotics and get yourself taken care of. What's wrong with you? That's why they're there. That's why you're typhoid Terry. Go get the damn antibiotics. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead. And, I'm gonna go ahead and take my leave. So my final words at this point will be: prep today, survive tomorrow. Yep. Basic yep. rules to live by. You're right, buddy. Good night, Chuck. All right. All right. Typhoid Terry. Anything else you want to say before we call it an evening? Yeah, I'd like to say. (laughs) (laughs) Good night. (laughs) You are a sick I think I'm going to get hand sanitizer to hang up my phone. (laughs) It's that bad, I know. It's just it's just oozing out of my computer, believe me. Uh, <laughs> good night, guys. Thanks. Okay, have a good one, guys. All right. Good night. All right. This should wrap it up for another episode here of Contra Radio Network. Just uh, episode 363, what we have learned from episode 362 when we were listening to it. If you would like to uh, listen to it, you can. I don't know how much longer it will be available. As far as I know, it's not a problem. So episode 362, give it a listen. And come up with your own ideas, observations, maybe something we didn't think of or hit on. Give us a call in the next show. Uh, next show here on CRN will be Dawn's show, the Contra Dawn show. Well, she'll be starting a new segment called Conspiracy Theories. And, she'll, and, and she will enroll that into her regular show. All right. And again, I don't know when we'll hear from Julie again. That's fine. She's got far other more important things to worry about than doing this show. She'll be back when she's back, and if necessary, I will jump in on Saturday nights if we feel it's necessary to do it. And that's about it. 
Okay. I want to say thanks to Tim, Brian, the Porky Will man himself, Lopaird Galoot, Brian K. Don't want to, I don't want to miss anybody here. Uh, Shane H. Don't want to forget him. So anyway, and who else did I have on here? I think I got everybody. And Don for calling in. Thanks, guys. Thanks for being a part of the show. And Jason V, thanks again, buddy. I appreciate you checking in also. But, again, just want to make sure that, uh, you know, Terry will spread, oh, from the, uh, from Northern Ireland, Terry will spread the disease that ends humanity. Go get the meds, Ter. You goof. All right. Anyways, the sickness is still going to come. Jason's absolutely right, and people are going to be drinking the water. They're going to be wandering in that toilet over there. So, yeah, uh, you know, uh, Jason's right. That's exactly what's going to happen. They'll become infected. Da, 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 and we know what happens. So for my prepper and patriot friends, I say this to you. Be alert. Be vigilant. And be safe. I'm John Jeffers here at the Contra Radio Network saying thanks for listening in tonight. I really appreciate your time and your participation. And tell your friends. If you like what you're hearing here, tell your friends. We're here. Tell people. Get the word out. Just remember, the more people that we could get started prepping, that's less people knocking on your door during a crisis looking for food, water, and everything else. They may not know, but it doesn't mean we can't help them. So let's help them. Let's get them started. Let them know what's going on. Have them listen to the show. We can always help. That's all. That's why I'm looking at it, and I want you to look at it the same way, all right? I'm John Jeffers. I want to say good night, and thanks for tuning in, guys. I really appreciate it. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.